set that standard for your household. So you need to be the church. You need to be whatever for your household. Just lead your household. And 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 as you're doing that, they, if 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 your children end up not knowing God, it will not be because you did not do everything possible to introduce them to God yourself. And so that's one of the things that I started working on. I remember I was actually like developing sermons. I was actually literally teaching until I found a church home. Yeah, I remember you. I was about teaching, that. like yeah. I was actually teaching. I still have it. Bible study, like to the point where I'm just like, yo, I actually want to, I kind of want to pursue ministry now. Like I'm, I'm thinking about going to school. Like this is legit. I was legit be like, yo, come on, T. Uh-huh. I was legit. Uh-huh. Like, this is because it's Pastor it's, T. It's, I like it. It's all pedagogy. Pastor T. Pastor T. I wish. All right. It's all no, pedagogy. It's all like, it. like learning how to. It's all about how can I take the word of God and develop a lesson, and I'm a teacher, and I, I, I think I'm a great teacher. And so it's literally the same exact thing is how you teach people about God. And so I don't know, like I, I, I John, I'm actually, I'm with you on that one. Like I, I and I'm more so with Alicia's point too. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I think the issue is it didn't, it does not have to be Sunday. I yeah. feel like it needs to be, we, we should be gathering ourselves around believers and talking about God through shared experiences. Because when you really think about it, like, in my mindset, the ultimate goal was to know Christ and to know Christ. Like he's he's the he's the bar. He's the bar. Like he's the bar, right? Okay. People act like he spent all, all days working points of his life just talking about God. Like he spent every day of his in the Bible just, just talking about God. The Bible is only things that were transcripted into a text to give to us. It doesn't tell you everything that Jesus did in his 33 years of living. He's still a normal human being. He still had conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so you, so imagine just like if you can, time machine, green infinity stone, just going back and sitting to Jesus talking with his, they out fishing with his friends, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if they out fishing, you, you know, this remind like, pop, you know, this is so funny. We're fishing because, you know, this is what, like, you see how we do this. And then this is how God wants us to be. And next thing you know, a conversation just starts that's about God. And, and then they, after it's over, they go back and talk about it. You see what Timothy did the other day? Yeah, that boy tripping. Like they just have conversations, <laughs> like makes sense. And so mm-hmm. I, I think we get it. We we get so caught up in the experience. And, and this it, to me, it's all fluff that like Elijah said, that we miss just the fellowship of so, being a believer. So so it sounds like it sounds like what you're saying is like the the importance or the whole point of like church is like relationship. That's what I'm gathering from this conversation. Yes. Right. So so if you think about it from a sense of like how God created man and woman um, and how, you know, he's given us a way of like for remission of sins and um, um, uh, free will, those things um, in order for us to, to be able to, I guess, fully thrive in those aspects. Like it's all about relationship. God allowed us free will so we could be able to like have relationship with him. If not, it would just be a dictatorship, a dictatorship. Right. So with that in mind, um, that, that can be translated into like how we are to commune with each other, like in reference to relationship. But I, I think the issue that I have, and I think we've discussed this at some point in time before is like, what happens when, uh, things are put in place at the church where that relationship is not developed, like where, where you have walls built up where relationship is not developed. So prime example, mega churches. Right. So so my opinion on mega churches are like I, I don't see how they can be effective in reference to like the ministry of Christ 
because where's where's the relationship like at, at some point there's there's a line that you 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 can't cross or i guess a barrier that's in place because of like six degrees of separation right and mm. though people look at six degrees of separation like you're always connected to somebody within those six degrees right within those six people you're always connected to somebody and it comes back to uh, uh you know sixfold or whatever but once you reach outside of i guess that that barrier like of 10 20 people 30 people whatever like that you start to lose that connection with people they so, have it but you don't yeah look yeah, they, so, they have it you don't right yeah. within this small circle mm -hmm. of like 20 or 30 people you got relationship with these people but what happens when you get to the 60s the hundreds the 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 the, the thousands right like you lose relationship so i don't know that's that's just my opinion it, it kind of stemmed to i guess one of our other topics we want to talk about with like the mega church and stuff yeah so Tanisha kind of brought up a good point, and um, I really wanted to highlight that for a second. Um, she yeah. said, uh, aren't we supposed to have fellowship with other believers? And so there is truth to that. What, one thing I want us to be very careful of, I think even as Christians, as, as things go forward, I think it's safe to say, we, I, we have to be careful of not just adopting the things that our parents did and assume that that's connected to these levels of scripture. So she, what I think she's referring to is like, do not forsake, you know, meeting up as fellowship a body, a church body. Yeah, yeah. fellowship with believers. Yeah. But that doesn't say a church. Yeah. It don't say it how. It doesn't, doesn't mean that. It doesn't necessarily mean what we, and I'm not trying to come for even her comment. I'm saying mm -hmm. a lot of what I've, a lot of what I've been trying to say in this whole time of life is like, yo, think about what we're thinking and what, what, what we're saying is this is truth. What is the, what is the truth for us as far as the scriptures are concerned? Because I think a lot of times we just be like, oh, that's, that's what that means. And we just assume it means, oh, we must be hanging out with the church and go to the church activities and do the, I'm mm -hmm. not saying you shouldn't be around believers, you know, to reinforce your value systems as a believer. I'm saying is that church and if, and also is church doing that? Like we don't is even question, really? yeah. is, yeah, is it really yeah, yeah. doing the thing that we are saying it's setting out to do? We're saying this is what church, that's what I was asking Terrence. I was like, does it do what you set out to make it do? You're saying I'm going to take my family there because it's supposed to enrich my family and it's going to teach them these things. Well, does it? Is hmm. it? You know, that's the question. Because I'm like, I know it's supposed to do those things. I know it's where you're supposed to go. But if it's if you're supposed to go there and it doesn't happen, who questions that? As as a, a leader or a husband or the head of your house or whatever, who questions that and says, "Man, I don't know." And, and, and it's so funny you said that, John, because I mean, I don't know people people who are people who are consistent and in, in, not consistent. That's the wrong word. If you are one one of the of the many DMV DMV people who who've kind of like been a part of like just the Christian faith and cr young Christendom and urban Christian, then you might know who Lecrae is, right? And right. so I'm walking. So my son has. Like my son, like you know, my son is—he's growing up, like like in this crazy, like right in front of me. He's eight; he'll be nine. So he's developing his own identity, right? He yeah. don't need us yeah. anymore, and that's a scary thing because it's just like I remember you needing everything for me. You don't need me right now. You just like you just you need me to f provide food, provide clothes. Outside of that, you can do your own thing. He's perfectly fine, right? He can't wait. So I'm, I'm listening. He playing his game, and he's like, Alexa, play this song. Oh, I hope she don't talk because it's Alexa right here. And I'm like, every day I go past, and I'm like, he's listening to Lecrae. Okay. Now, mind you, I can. I'm just gonna be honest with you. You don't listen to. Lecrae. I have to. I do. No, that's Lecrae's oh. one of my favorite. Rap, one of my favorite rappers of all time. Okay. For a lot of reasons, but my thing is, mind you, 
but in my car, I don't only listen to Lecrae. I listen to a lot of different things all the time, right? And I'm wondering where that came from. So, so on Sundays, sometimes I would have TJ like and them watch a story about about God. I've taught them lessons, whatever it is. But TJ knows who God is, and he knows that like his parents are Christians, right? He is like etc. But the one thing he he'll say is like, I don't like the other guys because all they do is curse, and I and I don't want that. I liked him because he like he just doesn't curse, and I and I feel cool listening to him, and he's it still sounds cool when I listen to him, right? And then. It, He'll start like 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 Tia said. Like Adora said he keeps listening to the to the song, and I kind of like that because at least with, I, I'm not saying the is perfect. He's God, whatever. I'm not saying it at all. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I, I have a certain level of comfortability of him listening to Lecrae that if I walk past his room and he's listening to the Big baby, Draco. Yeah. 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 So so I'm realizing that like I said, more things are caught than taught. I've never taught him to listen to Lecrae. What I realized happened is that. Lecrae, there's a Lecrae, there's a video game he plays, the Spider-Man game, and the craze all across the soundtrack, and the soundtrack connected with TJ, and so now he wanted to figure out who this artist was, and so I've I've experienced it, and I'm saying I've kind of encouraged it. Yeah, listen to that, 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 yeah. and if that's the way that my son finds God, I'm like I'm gonna be ecstatic. Yeah, like, video through, game. Like, like that's <laughs> legit. Like that's yeah. perfect. He didn't find the way I found it. He wasn't in church. <clears throat> yeah, every day, but yet he still. Makes it he still found that narrow road to God, like you know. And I, yeah. I so I here's, a, here's a question for you guys, and this is probably a uh, gonna be an interesting question Has the church done more harm than good? You mean the building? The okay, guys, for the rest of the show, I'm talking <laughs> about the church, okay. Every time I talk about the church, I'm talking about the building, okay. I ain't okay. talking about people. Has the church from which not just only your personal experiences. But people quick. Yes, it yes. has been more harmful. <laughs> has the church done more harm than good? Yes. I say yes. You say yes. And you got to obviously say why. I think we are further away from the character of Christ because of the church. And, and we why, are closer, why, do you, why do you say the church is it's the church's fault? I, I because the church spends so much time on the sacraments of Christ and not enough time on understanding the character and building the relationship that Jesus built. I love it. And I that's love the that focus. Answer. Yeah. And that's the focus. And mm. so in that in that in that case, we are in in fact doing more harm. We mm. care more. And then there, and then also the, the other thing right now is the church is just a big business. It's just yeah. a business. It's yeah. not makes it, it's not about yeah. it's, it's got, I, I, and I get it because it has to sustain itself. I kind of get right. it, but at what point? At what cost? You know, I, I think it's some unfortunate that like capitalism has seeped into the church to yeah. the point where like it it starts to supersede um, its initial purpose, right? And even pervert yeah. the initial purpose of like spreading the gospel to like just a money trap or honey trap, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do you say, Mike, to that question? Has the church done more harm than good in your experiences um, or, at your, or in your personal church or from what you've seen from people that are around you church-wise? Uh, so I I do believe it has done harm, uh, but I also do believe it has done good. So um, to so you're not going to answer the question. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's it done, done more, more harm, harm than good. You could say no. Okay, you could say nah, no. I don't. I don't think it's done more harm. I okay. I think. And the reason why I preface it like that is because uh, 
we're in this this larger battle, right? Between like good and evil constantly. And um, you have some churches that allow, I guess, for lack of better terms, like that evil to seep in and like push a different narrative versus mm -hmm. some churches that are sticking to like God's intentions and, mm -hmm. and, and what the church was intended for. Mm -hmm. So um, it's that 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 scale is constantly going to go up and down. Um, and, and it's even talked about within like the word of God itself. Talk about like um, the book of Revelation, um, uh, all these visions and stuff. And I think it was who was it? Paul or whoever got sentenced to the island of Patmos. Um, and he started to see all these different visions. And that's how you got the, the book of Revelation. Um, and in there, it talks about the seven churches of the Asian minor. Um, and the reason why there were seven churches is like uh, symbolizing like seven, the number of completions. So it's talking about the complete body of Christ. Right. And with each church, they had something going on, whether it was like idolatry, whether it was um, um, uh, ritualistic things or like religion versus relationship, you know, that sort of thing. So this is this is something that is is constantly going to be a, a scale that's teetered uh, from from good to evil, like bad or good, worse versus like better. Um, and it's and in my opinion, it's either going to it's going to continue to get worse, but there's also a chance for it to get better. So mm. yeah. I, I what's interesting about that is I was thinking about thinking as you were talking too, and and I was listening, but I was thinking as you were talking as well, and I was mm. thinking like, man, it's it's like uh, to me it might be likened to, you know how before social media was social media, we didn't really know how many bad things happened and how often mm -hmm. they happened, mm -hmm. and I feel like church mm -hmm. has kind of become like that for me, a parallel where it's like. I have a now that I'm older, I have a heightened awareness of how many bad things happen and how many things are mm. not dealt with or not touched or not talked about. And it's mm. like I have a it's more I just see it more now because I'm an adult and because I get to see it more in in, in um in ministry and because I work heavily in ministry. Yeah. And not just where I play or whatever. I'm talking about just anywhere. I've been I'm in a, a, a lot of different churches and seen a lot of different things and seen a lot of mismanagement of those things, right? Um, and so I'm saying that to say. I think we have a heightened awareness of it. I also think I really do believe that like God knew all these things were going to happen and and it's not like oh caught off guard the way we are, you know what I'm saying? Where we're like, "Oh man, this is church really be trash like all the time, right?" But um I think that God like knew, but at the same time it doesn't change the fact that I think people are scared to see the Bible and speak the Bible. Mm -hmm. I think in those churches. So a lot of times I'll look at the Bible and I'll look at the church and I'll look back at the Bible and look at the church and I'm like there's no congruency. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I, see that here. You know, I, 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 I like your analogy, and I have another analogy. Okay, because it's, it's mine. It's, no, no, you're now. <laughs> it, it, it won't trump yours, if but you I want people. To, it won't trump yours because it's what is. I thought about this the other day when we were first planning this topic, right? Like, I'm a, I'm like, it's funny. Mike's, Mike, Mike works in the church, or he's like, you're a deacon, right, Mike? So Mike, mm -hmm. right? Am I right? Mike's in yeah. church. John, you play for churches, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, and, and we're, but we're all Christians. So we're in the midst of, in some capacity, having to navigate the building of the church in some capacity, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not saying Mike is there, because Mike said it. But at the same time, realizing, yeah, this is some trash. <laughs> like, <I'm> some trash. <laughs> this is similar to me and my profession. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, public schools has done more harm than good. Mm. It really has. It's what it, what it was intended to be. It's just 
uh, government babysitting industry. That's literally all it is. Oh, man. And I believe in it. I think there's some good, there is some good there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the, the, and when it's done right, when it's done right, it is done spectacular. Mm-hmm. It is done great. But the larger the system becomes, the worse it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Ooh. being part of a large public school system is detrimental for, for, for true change mm-hmm. and for true, true development. So to the point where the smaller the school system, the more impact you can have on shaping the child. And that's how I feel about the same way about churches. That's like good. it just feels like the smaller the system, the, the, it's just <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I believe in it. Yeah. And I'm I'm I mean I'm a school leader and I believe in it. Yeah. But I also believe that whenever I get some stuff down from passed down from higher ups or from like district offices, I'm like, yeah, this is some trash. I really don't want to do this. I don't want to lose my job. Oh, and sometimes I, I sometimes I know you do right now. I hope they don't follow the podcast. I'm just, they, I mean, they, but because because he's sure to cut this out. <laughs> because at the, at, well, I don't think they would because they know I'm here for kids and they want somebody who's here for kids. And then they, I'm here yeah. for kids, and yeah. I know my kids. I know my circle. And mm-hmm. this, whatever you created, will work for somebody. But this does not work for my building. This yeah. does not work for my classrooms. Yeah, this does not work for my kids. Yeah. So therefore, we're not going to do that. We're going to go trash that. That's why I know I'm not going to move up to be a principal because mm. I won't. I won't last long because I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's cute. We're not going to do that. Um, but thank you though. Thanks for coming, spending the time to, to pass that down. We're not going to do that. And they're going to be like, why didn't you? Why didn't you enact this this policy? Because it's some trash. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we're not doing it. Makes sense. Is. So one of the um, you actually kind of walked right into the next question, and Alicia made a great comment as well. I want to acknowledge that, but we had the end soon. But um, the question I have here is: biblically, should there be mega churches? Biblically, no, no, it's ghetto. <laughs> the earth is one ghetto. out of ten. <laughs> one star thing. rating. I really wonder this. I don't. I've never seen a mega church within the Bible. Yeah, like like. Yeah, I, I haven't. And I'm sitting. You, you see me sitting here thinking. I'm like, all right, devil's advocate, devil's advocate, devil's advocate. To Come on, be devil. fair, to yeah. be fair. Um, yeah, let's not do that. All, Hold on. All pun we, talk about all this church and stuff, and now you're gonna say devil's advocate. Jesus. Yeah, all pun intended. <laughs> fair. Mega churches exist largely because of access, in my opinion, of access to right now technology, access to transportation, access to highways, access to you know, locations. And I think the industrial revolution kind of changed a lot of that mm. kind of made it possible for mega churches. Mm. But I also, and I think that's the side, the side effect for why, like, I mean, that's a whole other story. I think that's the mm. impact of having so many things like available of, of that access. So I don't think we would find mega churches in the Bible, but I, but also I don't think that would change that. I still think it doesn't change the point of even if we could, I feel like Jesus would say, "Yeah, that's a no. We're gonna shut this thing down, right?" Like I feel like He still would be like, "This is a, it's a no," mm. you know, like, it's a no. So, okay, why do you why do you think it's a it, no? It though? takes money. Mm. It takes it takes money, and which means the more you you focus on growing this growing this the mega ministry, the more I need money, and that means now the pursuit is that how can I get more money. And that's how I mean, there's already lives. so many like um, negative connotations associated with the church. The clear one is it's a it's a money Ponzi scheme, right? It is, and we literally feed that narrative with mega churches. 
John, I'm going to say something Bruh, I stopped giving money to church seven, eight years ago. Mm. I don't give... No. So you don't tithe? I, yeah, I was about to say that. I yeah. don't give... It, I, if I tithe, it's not to a church. Mm. I will give my money to, to homeless people. I will give my money to, to this, whatever it is. I stopped giving my money specifically to a church. I wanted mm. my money to go to people who needed it and people who... You know, like, like, even with, like, biblically, historically, talking about the way that, how God used to use churches to take care of the needy, they took the money, and they would take care of people inside the ministry. So I'm giving you my money, and that money never used to bless anybody inside the ministry. No, mm. nobody besides you, Bentley. Mm. Make so, this make so, sense to me. Mm. So with that in mind, I enjoy uh, when churches have like, I guess, financial meetings. If that makes sense, like, okay. like you know how you have like the church announcements and stuff like that. Yeah, level the of transparency. transparency. I enjoy yes. when the transparency is there. Um, right. not in the sense of like I gotta be. I I really don't want to know where all the books are. Like some people are not like financially conscious, and yeah. honestly, do we really need to know all that information just to be able to give right to give ourselves peace of mind? Because ultimately, like, our job is to be able to like be cheerful givers right um yeah. and to um give accordance to like you know cheerfully whatever um as we do that um I, I find my for example i find myself like sometimes at the light and you got a homeless person and um you know a side of me wants to give but i'm like what are you going to use that money for you going to use that money for you know drugs is he going to use that money for you know actually like get a meal or whatever like that and i start going through this back and forth about why I should like give him the money or her the money. And then next thing I know the light turns green and then I'm off. <laughs> right. Like that moment has passed. Mm. But I, I, I think um, in those moments, it's not always up to me to understand the, you know, what's going to happen afterwards. It's up to us to be able to plant that seed and let God do the rest. Now, if that person decides to do whatever they do with that money, that's on them. God has blessed you in a way where you've already like, You've done your part in yeah. reference to like heart posture towards the mm -hmm. giving, if that makes sense. So, so to kind of circle back around what I was talking about with like churches and level of transparency and stuff, like I enjoy that, but mm. at the same time, um, I it, there there's a level of like transparency that I really don't need because my my heart is postured in a way of like, hey, if you decide to do some malicious stuff with this money, that's on you, and you gonna reap what you sow. But I've done my part, and my stuff gonna be blessed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see a lot of the too. a lot of the ladies on here are saying um, there should be accountability, checks and balances. I'm seeing a lot mm -hmm. of that, and you know the nonprofit should be showing their finances. I, and I couldn't agree more. I feel like yeah. uh, for something that you you know you're giving towards, right? This effort to give, and so one instance comes to mind as I, as we're having this conversation. I actually went to Zion Church. This is years ago now. Um, they had some big event at Zion Church, and I went. And uh, they basically gave a bunch of money to like people that had like uh, rent issues. They had credit issues. Yeah, they, yeah, couldn't yeah. Get a, they couldn't afford to get a car. And then they, they did all these things. They gave the money away, took care of people's rents and mortgages, whatever, for people that were uh, unable to do so. And then afterward, did an offertory, not offertory appeal, but like it was like, yo, if y'all want to give, this will be give towards. Basically, like showing that this is the energy in which we, which we work. When I tell you I was more compelled to give that day than I've ever been 100%. compelled to give in any church before in, in my lifetime, like literally in my lifetime. And so 
the issue is, as, as Alicia was saying, churches aren't giving towards the Christian effort. Again, also, if you mm. follow me on the Narrow Road podcast, you will know tithing's not even biblical. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it is biblical, but it's not Christian. No. They did it in the Old Testament, yes. and it was what they, they – they, I'm not going to go into the, all the ins and outs. Like you want to know, know more about it, follow my podcast. But the reality is we as believers do not need to tithe. We should give, but we don't need to tithe. Right. But at the same time, on the other side, what the churches is, churches need to say, this is where your money's going. This yeah. is what we're going to. These are the efforts we're going towards. We're going to make sure this person is taken care of financially. We're not going out to get all the latest technology for whatever reason. We're going there to make sure our community knows why we are here. We're here for you. We're here to be that's a resource true. to you. We're here to show love to you. We're here to show you how to be a believer. And that's the correct effort. If we're doing anything short of that, we are not the church, and I rem and I can't remember the te text. Like like I remember it being an, an Old Testament. So at at that point, they weren't Christians, but you know, but they were still you know worshiping God, or whatever. And they used to use the money to take care of the people in the community, like the poor, widows, whatever it was. It, it, like Orph orphans, yeah, orphans. Like everything went towards somebody else. Yeah, it, it was not used to pay salary. So I often, I, I even often went in, and my mindset is. If, if I if I'm part of a church or whatever, I get the business side, but should I have another job instead of banking it all on the church? Because mm -hmm. if I because at that point I'm supple I'm I'm supplementing. Yeah. At this point I need I do mm -hmm. need the money because I got to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. So now I'm so I'm, I'm I, you, you got to give more. It's like I can't fault the person because I quit my other job to run mm -hmm. this church mm -hmm. and I need to pay. My, so I was and I was making seventy thousand dollars, so I at least got to make that and more. Oh, we mm -hmm. got we got increased the offering now. Mm -hmm. I'm supplementing, but I'm like, should you? Mm. Like if this is your if your passion and I'm not judging anybody who does that. Let me be very clear. I'm not judging, but my mindset is if my passion is not to pursue this as a means of capitalist to to as an like income, game. yeah, it's capital gain. Then I'm yeah. here for I'm literally here to change yeah. lives, and so therefore I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for offering. I'm not I, I, legit, and I'm not saying I'm not saying pastors should not receive offering. I don't know. I don't know what that means for that. Yeah. I'm just saying this. I'm simply saying is the danger comes in when a pastor does receive offering for his income. I think mm. at that point is when the danger comes in mm. because, you know, and I, and I remember being, I mean, we've had this experience. I remember going to a church and the guys like the, 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 the pastor and the church people are like, you know, stand up all the people who are tithing. If you're tithing, stand up. We're going to do a prayer for you. So we're going to bless God, bless the tithers. Okay. Now that we got those out of the way, all the other oh, lackluster wow. people, all the other basic givers, you you stand up, and we we, we want God to bless you too. We want Him to bless you, but you yeah. got to be different than the tithers because those are people who are giving. We gonna go ahead yeah. and bless y'all too, real quick. And, and I'm cool. just, I, I remember looking at this like like immensely, like yo, this feels wrong. Yeah, this feels no unholy. no no. You're saying it incorrectly. This is it's wrong. wrong. It's yeah. unholy. It don't, it don't just feel. But I mean, I've been. I can't tell you how many. As I said, I'm a musician, so I can't tell you how many services I've been in where they say, "Here's a hundred dollar line. Here's a fifty dollar line. Here's a twenty dollar mm. line. And if you get yeah. that hundred dollar line, you know, man, oh my God, he's going to take care of you. As if at the fifty dollar line, he, you ain't gonna get. All right, well, you might get taken care of, but twenty dollar line. Oh God, I don't even know. We do these things in church and created these things that are just false. And so this goes back to the earlier conversation we were talking about. Do we take our kids to church in which most of their life will be spent unlearning Christian sure. principles? Sheesh. 
These are Christian Jeez. principles that become cemented value systems that you say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do as a believer. And so one of the questions we asked when we had our podcast meeting on Wednesday was like, is, is the church even framing out Christianity properly to say, come be this? Because a lot of issues that I have with these, these social, social media, sensual, what are they, sensationalizing churches mm, is that mm -hmm. they make it seem like church is cool. Christianity's fun. Oh man, yeah, I got my, my 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 cool kicks on and this, that, and the third. And we all are so fly, and we all do this thing. We have our guitar, and it's all that. Man, it's not fun to die for Jesus. People were getting crucified, man. Like people were getting stoned yeah. biblically. If, if and so, and a lot of those churches would thin out if you start going in and start shooting based off of people being Christians, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's talk about like what's happening over in like third world countries and like stuff that's happening overseas. Like over here in the United States, like Christianity, cool. We we have the right to be able to, you know, uh, to religious beliefs. But if you go overseas, you don't always have that. No. And there are there are people that are being like slain and oh, like yeah, yeah, and 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 committed uh, for 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 crimes and stuff like that for believing in a specific thing. So that's like that that story, and I think it was a true story of that guy. I, I, I think it took place in some place in the Middle East, and the guy he walked into a, a secret meeting of 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 Christians, like it was a it was a, a he was of course of Arabic descent, right, of Arabic like culture, and he walked in and he was just like you know, um, he walked in, he was just like yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, I, um, I'm waiting. I, I want, if you're a Christian in here, I, you, I need you. I want anybody who's not a Christian to leave because everyone who is here, I'm about to blow up. Who's a believer. So if you're not a Christian, I'm giving you a chance to leave this room right now. Right. Oh, and mm -hmm. and uh, he was dead serious. He had the dynamite, everything attached to him. Like he was dead serious. Mm -hmm. So people got up, like some people got up and they left. Right, he's like, I'm out, out. They're like panicking, and then all of a sudden, it was like seven to eight people remain, and so the guy says, "Anybody else?" And he's mm -hmm. like, "Like, no, we cool." So the guy sat down, took his Bible out. He said, "I'm glad to hear that. Now that they're gone, I want to fellowship with the people who really believe God, mm -hmm. and love God no matter what." Mm -hmm. And so he said, "So I'm ready to have Bible study," and it was just like, mm -hmm. I mean, so and to be fair, I'm not even saying I'm not I'm at the point where I would be like, "Yeah, it's be in the parking lot." We already know. <laughs> You're, you're in mean, your car. I li listen, so, <laughs> because and, and, and so you see him walk through the door. There's like, a whole discussion, about, and I would love to have that discussion. Building. I would love to have that mindset behind it before, because I have a whole yeah. different like of mindset of why I, I would make that decision. Yeah, but at the same time, I do. Under I love the story. Like yeah. it was just like you know, it was just kind of dope. I think I think that the reality of what we're talking about. I'm sorry, Mike. Did you have some? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Go ahead, the reality it. of that situation is like. Would would you compare that to what Mike Todd ended up doing with the like smack and spit on somebody's face? No, Mike Todd's an idiot. Um, <laughs> okay, so but, but, the views of on. Terrence Robinson do not reflect the views of Blitz Real Podcast, <laughs> and we will saying. separate those out. I'm like, what are you doing right now? Do you want us canceled tomorrow? What's happening? Right. He's not an idiot. He's not, He's an, not idiot. an idiot. I just don't. Not an idiot. That wasn't a good display of. It was not. I, I apologize, and, Mike Todd. And he, I apologize. And he, uh, thank you, Terrence. And he apologized as well, okay, for doing it. But I, I think the thing about Mike Todd that is dangerous is framing Christianity as if it's a broad road. 
And I think mm. that's what I have an issue with with Mike Todd. I don't think he frames Christianity in the correct me- in the correct way so that people know exactly what they're attaching themselves to. When you frame it incorrectly, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. You say, oh, look cool and go to a cool church and we all do cool things. And we're all like, of course, I'm like, who would not want to do Christianity that way? And it seems like it's the move. So to be clear, I called him an idiot. Mm-hmm. John said he doesn't even frame Christianity in the right way. What so, are those even worse? Like, <laughs> mine, was, mine was not better. I'm not going to lie to you. Mine was not better. I might have to edit that out. I, you think, might have to... <laughs> but no. I think that... The, go, ahead, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, so 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 to that vein, right, you're saying that he doesn't frame it correctly. And, like, the way he frames it is, like, it, it's making Christianity inviting, right? Yeah. I, I don't... I mean, is that really a problem, though? I, because... I, I, Mike, I was about to be there with you. I kind of understand that. Like, 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 I, I, I see. He's problem. So, so here's the thing, because I want to cut my mic off because I'm like, it's funny because I don't want people to say I'm like I'm talking out of both sides. I kind of understand it needs it, like it has to catch fire to people. It has to be. It has to be. I can't. How can I say it? You think that it has you have to, be to market to people? Huh. You got to draw them in somehow, right? Yeah. And yeah. it, and sometimes, even in that drawing in, so you know you know what I'm gonna say, right? I know you're about to say. I just feel like what, I, what, so I'm what gonna, is what is Mike Todd not saying? Yes, I see. I see that uh, side of too. Okay, yeah. what is he not gonna say? Right? And these are the these are the these are the things that you got to do as a, as a leader, right? As I always talk about on my podcast or on here as well, Jesus would let the crowds gather. He didn't, wasn't against the crowds gathering. They would gather, and he would say. Okay, cool. Except you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And then the crowd would immediately thin out. Because what Jesus is trying to do is see, like you just said, T, who's actually with me? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue with a, a, a transformation church or any mega church, really. No one teases out who is really for real. I'm not talking about who's for real, wants to wave their hand. That don't cost you nothing. I'm talking about who will literally die for this? And I've used a scripture before where it talks about, except you hate your mother, your brother, your sister, cousin, auntie, cousin, whatever. And even your own life, you are not fit to be my own disciple. That's what Jesus says, right? Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there like, wait, what? I'm supposed to hate my wife, hate my daughter, hate my kids? Yeah, that's the cost. And so that's framing Christianity uh, correct correctly. That's framing it out to say, this is what a Christian is, and this is what a Christian isn't, because there's standards to this, and the, the road is, in fact, narrow. Yeah. So that's how you can't you can't see mega churches in that in that paradigm. How do you have a mega church in a paradigm where you're you're saying, hey man, come come to Jesus where you can't talk about your rewards, you can't talk about how you have all this money and flat and be flashy and take you can't talk about how you gave people shoes online or whatever and go on social media. You can't do all these things, you can't do a lot of things as a Christian, as a believer, because you're constrained by the gospel to do the things of Christianity. That's what you are called to do. That's not a life where you say, Man, I, I can't wait to check it out. And also, oh, yeah, except you hate your kids, da, 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 then you're not fit to be my disciple. Oh, yeah, also, are, are you willing to die for me? If you're not willing to die yeah. for me, then you, you're not my disciple either. Who here gets in that line? Nobody gets in that line and says, sign me up for that. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it reminds me of the same thing. I was, I was having this conversation with Tanisha because uh, I think she was watching. We was watching um, uh, one of them Married at First Sights, whatever it's called. One of them shows. And I was just telling her, I was just like, she, she, she's like, you think this is all made up? You think it's all scripted? I said, yes. <laughs> like, it's all scripted. And mm-hmm. she's like, you don't think? I said, 
Yes, it is. I said, you know why? I said, because, because the drama and the, the craziness is what's marketable. Somebody having a, a healthy relationship, that's not going to sell. <laughs> like a couple getting into an argument and coming together and talking about it and not getting into an argument mm-hmm. is not going to sell. It's not going to be marketable. Mm-hmm. And so you, so as, as, as when I'm trying to sell any product, I got to put out there what is going to get the most people to view it and get the most people to accept it. And then once they end, then maybe I could try to do something, some more than that. But so, yeah. so that, that reminds me of the, I know we kind of off topic, but that, that show, um, love is blind. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. It's one of those. All right. So, so love is blind. You know, I thought it was, or I would like to think that is parts of it that's scripted too, but, uh, I think it's more so of the editing than scripting, right? Like you can you can kind of highlight certain moments to make it and fit it in a certain picture to make it seem like a narrative happened, but that really is not the case, right? You can you can sit back and have the oh entire, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it didn't happen like that that scene actually happened before this scene yeah but exactly. they cut it to make it seem like it's right. part of this scene right right yeah 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 so I I, I get what you're saying as far as like the scripting but. They're having yeah. a whole nother conversation on this it's chat. The same conversation. I mean, it's saying the same. What happens is it's out of context. So it's the same conversation yeah. because a lot of times we even with scripture, we get things out of context. Right? Yeah. And when we get it out of context, you miss the whole purpose of what God was trying to say in this context. Right. Like it's just yeah. like, for example, we talk about it, and this is probably last thing then we got to wrap it up. Like for I remember this would be one of the first things I had to unpack. And it's as minuscule as it is. It is a very it becomes very real. It was the thing about what, how many animals of each kind did Noah bring into the ark? And I remember, remember, I, I was sitting with this guy who he didn't belong in my church. He was actually kind of similar to saying we need to start tearing at some all, all this damn. And all the kids was like teenagers, like duh, too. We learned this one. We, we learned this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He brought two people, two animals each time. And he said, okay, cool. Open your Bible to this to such and such and such and such and such and read that out loud. Mm-hmm. And I said, and so Noah brought such an ark, and he into these animals, such and such, such, such. He brought by the sevens. I'm like, wait, wait. I thought it was only two. <laughs> I thought it was two. He said, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Mm-hmm. He said, like, yeah. So the, uh, the foul animals he brought in by the twos and pairs. So he was trying to say is that everything you thought about this whole story is not. It's out of context. Mm-hmm. It's not correct. Mm-hmm. It was presented in a way to make it palatable, mm-hmm. to see pairs. Oh, that's cute. That's how you can get two people into a little doorway in the art. Whatever reason you want to believe is why the story got sent to just two, it's still unbiblical and it's still not factual. And so the yeah. point is it's wrong, but it's marketed in a way so that you can receive it. And I feel like the church does this with a lot of things. And and I know John talks about this on the World podcast. That is, you some of this stuff you, it's not supposed to be palatable. It sucks. It's like I'm <laughs> yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Like I'm so sorry. It's not supposed to be received. It's supposed to. It's supposed to hurt. Yeah. And you need to hear it. You need to accept because it it's the truth. It truth because it's the hurt. truth. Yeah. Yeah. This. I mean. And and so when it talks about the giving of the church, giving to the was the church. I saw conversations about that. I think we need to I think what we need to do is we need to read the Bible about giving. Yeah. And say and see like cuz we do things out of the rhythm. We don't do it out of what we know. Hmm. And the we do it out of the rhythm. Oh, this is what y'all doing. This is what we supposed to do. All right, let me do it. No, no, no. 
You read for yourself what the Bible says about giving and whether you should give to the church or not. Does it instruct you to give to the church? Who does it instruct you to give to? Just find out. Instead of just assuming, I'm not saying that it should or shouldn't. I'm saying find out for yourself and figure it out for yourself because all the things that we believed as concrete truths, as Terrence just said, they're being blown up now because you're like, oh, it wasn't two by two? No, fool, it wasn't. It was seven and it was two. I didn't even know that too before Terrence told me that. And it just no, only, seriously, I didn't. It only didn't. unearths more things of like, mm -hmm. man, everything I would, I'm sitting there like, man, everything is a lie. Y'all just be lying <laughs> to me. I'm getting mad. You know what I'm saying? All y'all do is lie. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying that to say, like, we need to, as a, as a culture, think about what we say we believe and look at the scriptures to make sure they align. What does the scripture yeah. say about giving? It says don't. It says you should not give under, under compulsion. You know, you should not give like, oh man, they they put the pressure on me. I got to give. No. But what mm -hmm. happens at tithes and offering time at most churches? Will a man rob God? Yes, you have robbed me. How have you robbed me in your tithes and offerings? Malachi three. They you will they they use things that pressure you to give. In the very space where Jesus says, "Hey man, feel free to give." You should feel free. And it doesn't even necessarily say who to give it to. We just say, oh, we're supposed to give it to the church. These are the program things that we have to think about to say, hey, man, what does the scripture actually say about this? This is a good conversation. Yeah. I know it is. That's why I'm um, talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Might be able to wrap it up after you. Yeah, definitely going to be a part two. Yeah, um, definitely. Because I, I would like for us to continue to have this convo about like as it leads to like church hurt, right? Like the, these are the things that causes people not to go to church at all. 100%. Now with, with that in mind, um, how do we, I guess, come out of that? Like how do we, how do we, I feel like we should break down like what the church is actually for. And then how do we come out of this church hurt type thing? If you all are leaning towards, Hey, we need to go to church. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I like us to to break that down at some point. I think we're definitely doing a part two. That's a good. That's good, Mike. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast today. Um, one thing I want to make sure that we do say in terms of like the church conversation is asking the question of what Jesus asks. Hey, what does the church say? Who does the church say? Or who do people say that I am? Is what Jesus says. And I think we should ask the same thing of the churches. Hey, community, what do y'all say about us as a church? What do we do as a church? Are we effective in what we think that we're doing? Are we doing it? Because a lot of times churches, yeah. yeah, a lot of times churches say, We're doing, we're doing this, we're doing all this for the community. The community don't even know who you are. The community has yeah. no idea you, mm -hmm. you're even there. Mm -hmm. You're serving your own com your own community, your own congregation, and you have not even begun to, to impact them, right? That's the first thing. Second thing I'm gonna say, if your church is not convicting you on a weekly basis, leave that church <laughs> immediately. Yeah, if this church is yeah. not convicting you in some capacity, you need to be leaving that church, and that's the only thing I say about that. I mean, to some degree, if it's been months or years or generations since you've been offended about something, this church is doing a great job pacifying your ability to go to church. So, you need to be careful. We all have to be careful of churches that we've allowed to just say, Man, the rhythm is being at church and not necessarily being challenged by what the Bible says about church. So that's what Mike, you had something. I saw you about to say something. No. So you were, you were talking about like leave that church, but also like, again, I want us to get into the, the conversation of like, is church important? I think we touched on that a yeah, little we'll bit, come back to like it. a lot throughout this conversation, but that's a like, good. 
what yeah. what what do we do after we leave? Right? Do we just um, you know? Yeah. What do we do? Definitely have that yeah, conversation. Good, and and listen, good. we have a part two, so we got a lot of content to talk about. Yeah, listen, guys, about. thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast today. We had a great conversation about so dot 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 about the church, man. What is the church doing in the community? What is the church not doing in the community? And how much unlearning are you having to do in the in the church right now? So you can be able to know more <laughs> yeah. about God. Thank you so much, guys, for all the engaging conversations, all of the uh, chats that you guys were having without us. We were not even a part of some of the things y'all were talking about. <laughs> but either way, y'all had a good time. We had a good time. And that's what it's about. And we'll have some thought-provoking thought conversations as a community. That's what it's all about. So my name is John. My name is Mike. And I'm wondering... Could I be a leader of a church if my name was Skeet Davidson? I just, okay. I just, all right. All right. I just want to. Uh, and this is why we don't even. Skeet guys, thank you guys so much for the podcast today. Yeah, Reverend Skeet will not know. Reverend Skeet will not be having it. I just had to ask, yo.